Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Diana. And this is Pillow Fort Chillers, where we talk about crime, cryptids, or anything creepy that keeps us up at night. And there's a lot of it. The drink of the day is margaritas. Because, margaritas. you know, you just can't go wrong with a margarita. It's I mean, literally the It's best. so good. It's so good. And honestly, this light margarita mix from Cedarbros, it can't rave about it enough. It's so good. It's like the perfect amount of sweet and salty. Pair it with some Swiss cheese. You're golden. You're golden. Oh, my cheese girls out there. Raise your hand. Cheese girls. Let us know what your favorite types of cheese are. Ah, please do, because I I just need more cheese. That's my treat when I go to the store. Get a new wheel of cheese. I just want a big wheel of Parmesan cheese. Mm. Parmesan's pretty good. You know it's like $100 for a wheel of Parmesan? That's expensive. It is worth kind of so today we are going to be talking about the case of cassie joe stoddart now this one is pretty heavy on my heart um the primary you know the primary go-to gal for a lot of these cases is going to be diana because you know she's the research queen she is our queen but this case it really speaks to me and for me the reason why is because the cases that are very modern in nature really mess me up i don't know i feel like we're able to really distance ourselves from things that happened before even like the year 2000 where it's so easy to just be like you know things that don't feel the same as they do now you know like um how people carry themselves it's so easy to just distance ourselves from the way that murders used to be you know years decades ago But when you get those cases that are really modern, you know, that involve YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and just all this kind of like our day to day, that's what really gets me. Mm. And the reason why this case is so particularly chilling is because the video that these two murderers recorded before and after the murder is on YouTube and you can just watch it. And these are just two creepy teenagers that decided that they wanted to be serial killers and they recorded themselves before they murdered their best friend. I'm glad that our, you know, childhood best friend phase did not end up in murder. Yeah, thanks for not murdering me. You're welcome. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank you for not murdering me. Yeah, of course. I know it was hard at sometimes. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. No, I feel like it was a little harder for you. I was kind of an asshole. Yeah, you gave me some pretty thick skin. Whew. Yeah. <coughs> so, Cassie Jo Stoddart was born December 21st, 1989. She lived in Pocatello, Idaho. And now, I don't know if those of you guys who are from Idaho, I mean, you think about, like, Boise, happiest place on earth kind of thing, traffic's not invented. doesn't really feel like this kind of stuff would happen in Idaho, no? No. So, she went to the Pocatello High School... And she was in 11th grade in September of 2006. And so on the night of, of September 22nd, 2006, she was house-sitting for her aunt and uncle. She wanted to earn some extra money. She was like, you know, just, just trying to do, do her thing, you know. She was a teenage girl and she was trying to earn some extra money. They lived in northeast Bannock County. They were out of town. They hired her to come watch the house, the cats, the dogs, just for the weekend. She said, heck yeah, and they were going to pay her. It was a really nice neighborhood. 
and her boyfriend, Matt Beckham, came to visit her around 6 p.m. She asked her uncle, her aunt and uncle, if it was okay. They said, yeah, she can, he can come on over, and they were just going to hang out, watch a movie, whatever. So later in the evening, some of their classmates and some of Cassie's best friends were Brian Draper and Tori Adamchik, who were 16 years old. They came over to hang out with her at the house, and she gave them a tour. She, they, and they all sat down, and they were going to watch a movie. They were going to watch Kill Bill. So Brian and Tori, part of the way through the movie, they were like, oh, this is boring. We don't want to watch it. We're going to go watch um, a movie at the movie theater. And they're like, okay, you know, whatever. And Cassie originally was kind of like hesitant about them coming over because Matt brought them and Cassie was like I really only asked if my boyfriend could come over you know I didn't really ask my aunt and uncle if you guys could come over but she obliged she let him over they were her friends from school and she's like you know what it's fine but they ended up leaving early and they're like we're just gonna go watch a movie at the movie theater you know whatever and they just they just said that they weren't having a good time so they left and what they didn't no, was that before they left, Brian actually went and he unlocked the back door of the house so that they could come back and enter the home later on in the evening. After they left, they, you know, supposedly they said they were going to the movie theater and Cassie and Matt were still at the house watching the movie and they actually were still there together when Brian and Tori came back to the house. They parked down the street and they put on dark clothing, white gloves, and masks. And a lot of people call this the scream case because Brian and Tori were trying to replicate the movie Scream. I mean, really, wash your face, get a life. Yeah. And this, like, case kind of kicked off that whole wave of parents kind of being on the bandwagon of, like, video games and and movies like this, like, ruin your children. Yeah. So the boys go back. They enter the house through the unlocked basement door while Cassie and Matt are watching the movie upstairs. And they actually intentionally made a loud noise in the basement they like i think they like slammed a broom or something Mm -hmm. to try to lure them to the basement so that they could scare them but they they didn't come down you know unlike the typical white people in the movies they did not investigate the noise they were like "Mm, i'm good yeah they were like no thanks i don't think so Um, I'm sure that, you know, they probably just reassured themselves. It was nothing. It was the wind. It was whatever. So they decided to find the electrical breaker. And they turned the power off to the house, hoping that Cassie and Matt would come down and check and try to turn the power back on. And... Um, As far as I know, from the research that I've done, I want to say that the weather was not great. So they might have thought that the power was just a power outage. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, yeah, it'll probably come back on. And then they turned on, like, some lights. 
and then they turned off other lights and they were just being weird they were just they were just making it unsettling they in the were home. fucking with them you know yeah they were just kind of making it weird so the one of the freaky parts of the case that this freaks me out just in general having a lot of animals in my home was that one of the aunt and uncle's dogs kept looking at the basement and would growl and bark at the basement door you guys know i mean you have those of you that have dogs and you've seen movies you know if your dog is growling and barking at a closed door there's a ghost. There's, or there's probably something behind that door. Mm-hmm. At that point, I would have called the cops. At that point, I would have left. I would have been. I would have been done out of that house. I would have been in a different state. So, the dog is barking at the door. There's a noise. There's lights flickering. No, no hate at all. But damn, I would have been gone. You would have been seeing my ass out the door. I would have been gone. But they stayed together in the living room they you know she was with her boyfriend she felt probably felt secure with her boyfriend with her now the thing is is that matt actually called his mom and he asked her if he could stay the night because um he was super freaked out she was super freaked out and she's he's like hey there's a lot of weird stuff going on right now and the power's out and there's noises and we're just kind of freaked out and i want to know if i can stay here at the house with Cassie his mom said no I'm sorry you can't you know obviously she was probably just being a mother saying no you can't stay there with your girlfriend you're a teenager however she did offer to have Cassie come over to the house to stay at their house instead she said why don't you come over to the house you know you're freaked out the power's out whatever um but Cassie ended up saying like look i I promised my aunt and uncle I'd be here. I'd watch the house. I'd watch the cats and dogs. I'm being paid to be here. And she just wanted to be a good kid. She wanted to stay true to her word. And she decided that she was going to stay at the house and Matt was going to leave. And unfortunately, this would be a decision that ended her life. Honestly, more power to her for trying to be responsible because I have house at... And babysat and dog sat and cat sat my entire life for so many people. And if I were in this situation where freaky things were happening like that, I would have dipped out so fast. I, I don't give dipped. a crap if I'm being paid. Um, I'd be calling the owners of the house like, hey, your house is haunted. Deuces. Did you know? Deuces. Also, you can keep the money because I'm out. And it's so sad. And it's not her fault at all. She no, was it's just not trying to be a good kid yeah. and do what she had to do. It's these bastards' faults. <sighs> it's so awful. So around 10.30 p.m. that night, Matt got picked up by his mom, and he leaves. Cassie is alone in the house. So Matt actually called Tori to see if he could meet up with them. He's like, hey, you know, I had to leave Cassie's early. You guys still at the movie, whatever. And Tori was whispering on the phone, and he could said he could barely hear Tori Matt could barely hear Tori so he just assumed they were still in the movie and was just like all right whatever Tori and Brian were still in the basement of the house where Cassie was 
and they heard Matt leave, so they knew now's the time. So they turned the, the lights on and off again. Again, they were hoping Cassie would come down to check on the lights and they could scare her, bum rush her to attack her. But she didn't. She did the same thing. I'm sure that a lot of us would be like, hell no. Actually, that's not true because my power went off at the old house before and our breaker was like on the outside of the house, like in the front yard. I just went out there. Well, if it's outside the house, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, but I do like, I, I what if I came out? What me. if I came around the corner and there was like a person standing there like. That's where you carry a weapon with you. That's fair. I will never forget when we were kids and I was always home alone because it's his life when you're a latchkey kid. And you came over, and I was in my room, and you got a knife from the kitchen, and you were running it along the hallway. Yeah. And then you, like, were tapping it on the door jam to my bedroom, and you were trying to scare me. She has all these memories, and I just yeah. don't. I just don't have she them. She was trying to scare me, but the thing was, is I knew it was you, because you're the only person who barges into my house unannounced. I actually did. I, I because they, like, she lives, her parents live across the street from my mother's house and like three door what three doors down yeah yeah and so i would just come i would just come in and like they would just they would come into the kitchen i'd just be in the fridge and they're like yeah. what are you doing here i'm like oh hey what's up and i would do the same at her house you know that's just how we are but the thing is, is you usually came to my house because my house is always empty there's always people at your house i was the I was, definition of I a latchkey kind of kid like a freaking weirdo i mean we're still friends so but yeah, she was trying to scare me, and I was just like, Lisa, I know that's you. And you just got so mad. I did not remember that. Yeah. It was, oh, the, my parents still have the knife, too. It's like a big kitchen knife. It has, like, a white handle on it, but it's not sharp at all. We, like, need, we need to, like, take that and put it in a shadow box. Mm-hmm. And I'm <laughs> just gonna, scre- I, the, the and below it, knife. and below it, it's just gonna say, Lisa, I know it's you. <laughs> oh my god, stop. <laughs> I knew instantly it was you. So... Sorry, we just needed, like, a, like, emotional break from what's about to happen. Yeah. it's awful. It's so awful. They flicked the lights on and off. And, um, again, they were hoping Cassie would come down and check, but she didn't. She said, hell no, I'm not doing it. Eventually, they went upstairs. And Brian had a dagger. Tori had a hunting knife. So, Brian actually, like, slammed, like, a closet door Again, trying to scare her, trying to get her to, like, come over. And they just rushed into the living room where she was, and they stabbed her over 30 times. 12 of the, the coroner said that 12 of the wounds would have been fatal. So it was just personal, frenzied overkill like 12 of those stabbings would have killed her and they stabbed her 30 times they stab her they leave they kill her stab her to death and they leave they go out to their car and they record themselves right after the murder and i'm going to insert a clip right now of the moment after the murder It is very, very chilling. Obviously, they didn't record the murder. But it is very unsettling to hear two people in a almost aroused frenzy after they just killed their best friend. So, 
If you don't want to listen to this clip, just skip to this timestamp right here. There should be no law against killing people. I know it's a wrong thing, but hell, hell, you restrict somebody from it, they're gonna want it more. We found our victim and sad as it may be, she's our friend. But you know what? We all have to make sacrifices. Our first victim is going to be Cassie's daughter. She's gonna be alone in a big, dark house out in the middle of nowhere. How perfect can you get? I, I mean, like, holy shit, dude. I'm horny just thinking about it. Hell yeah. I was 9.50, September 22nd, 2006. We know there's lots of doors. There, There's lots of places to hide. I locked the back doors. That's all I locked. Now we just gotta wait. I just killed Cassie. We just left her house. This is not a fucking joke. I'm I stabbed her in the throat and I saw her lifeless body just disappear. Dude, I oh just killed God. Cassie. Oh, oh, fuck. That felt like fucking real. I mean, it went by so fast. Shut the fuck up. We gotta get our act straight. Okay. A couple of days pass. And uh, her aunt and uncle come home from their trip. And one of the worst parts of this case, aside from the murder, is that Cassie's cousin is the one that finds the body. And I, I'm like, I'm, I have goosebumps right now. I'm like, it's so awful. She, they come through the door, she turns the corner, and she finds Cassie in a pool of dried blood in the middle of the living room. And she screams, and she is wailing. The aunt and uncle run in the house. They find her body, immediately call the police. In the days leading up to, before they found the body, in the two, I think it's two days, before, from the time that they murdered her to the time that they found the body, Matt was trying to get in touch with her. He kept trying to text her, and he couldn't get in touch with her. And he told his mom, look, I can't get a hold of Cassie. I want to go see if she's okay. And I don't think they were able to find the time to go over there, but he was really upset, and he actually called Tori and was like, have you heard from Cassie? Tori's like, no, I haven't heard from her. Knowing full well he is just lying to his friend that he killed his girlfriend. Yeah. Sick. Sick. No, I don't haven't heard from her. Weird. So weird. The one thing that trips me out about this is they made an attempt to lure both of them down to the basement. So was their original plan to kill Matt too? I don't think that they knew because they had planned in the days in the I think it was the week leading up to the murder mm -hmm. they actually like recorded themselves mm -hmm. talking about murdering um someone and becoming serial killers and how they had chosen Cassie as their first murder and I'll insert a clip right here it's weird it's so uncomfortable September 
Welcome to Tanky Six. We're skipping the last fourth hour. We're not even playing right now. I'm telling Cassie's family, but she had number one. We have to stick with the plan. And she's perfect, so she's gonna die. <laughs> um, but I think that if the opportunity had arisen, they may have also killed Matt. I, they I, tried. They tried to they, bring him down there. They wanted to be serial killers. Mm-hmm. They genuinely wanted to be. They said that they wanted to become serial killers, famous serial killers. So, technically, if they had killed Cassie and then Matt, that would have been considered part of a spree killing. Mm-hmm. But I don't doubt that if the opportunity had arisen, they would have taken his life as well. I don't doubt it. I just wonder if things would have ended up different. I don't know. Maybe. The investigators actually talked to them and they kind of played things off. Like, they they asked them where they were. Because it came out from Matt that Tori and Brian had been at the house. So So Matt did say... You know what they when they asked Matt is was there anybody else at the house with you that saw her that night and he said yeah my friends Brian and Tori and gave their names their information obviously they have to talk to the last people that saw her alive and Tori and Brian wanted to use the movie theater as their alibi so they were had the movie stubs and they're like yeah we went and saw a movie and they're like what was the movie and they couldn't tell them what the movie was and they're like rookie move what was it about do you remember who was in it remember what it was about and they couldn't tell them what the movie was about and they're like huh that's weird you went and saw a movie together but you don't remember it was only a couple days ago so it was already really suspicious, but it's all technicality. It's all subs- it's all circumstantial evidence. Yeah. Obviously, they were moved to a kind of a top priority. Well, later on, Brian actually comes in, I believe, for a second interview, and he cracks. He just shatters like a freaking glass window. So, they were arrested on September 27th, 2006, just five days after the murder. Clearly, they were not criminal masterminds. They were not going to become serial killers. They were just two stupid, selfish, narcissistic little kids. And they were charged with first-degree murder and conspiracy. Obviously, right when the interrogation starts, after they were charged with the murders, after they had cracked, they automatically turn on each other yeah automatically some friends yeah so they had uh brian had ended up confessing that they hid the knives and the masks over like in a park and buried them and he led them to the evidence and when they did dna testing only brian's fingerprints And DNA were found on the gloves and the masks. For some reason, they were unable to find Tori's DNA. So that was that was Tori's main defense was that his DNA wasn't on 
the stuff. And in the video that you listened to earlier, Brian is the only one saying, I stabbed her in the neck. I killed her. You only hear Brian on video confessing to the murder. And Tori is like, shh, we got to get our act together. We got to get our story straight. So Brian or Tori's main defense was that Brian killed her. And Tori was just an innocent bystander. And Brian's DNA was on the evidence. And Tori didn't actually do it and denied stabbing her. But then, you know, he like... He said later, oh, well, you know, I, I, he told me to. And it was just this whole big thing. And it was just like the very, very back and forth thing that two people do when they kill someone and then they get caught and they turn on each other. So it yeah. was like, you know, that, but, but it, it, they ended up both being charged with the crime, goes to trial. And at the trial, they actually, it was actually revealed that Brian said that they were inspired by the Columbine shooters, by the Columbine shooting. And it's like, in the words of Bailey Sarian, get better idols. Get better idols. These two freaky kids, man. Later on, Tori said that they were inspired by the movie Scream. Again. Get, read a book. You know? I mean, like, guys, I know that Matthew Lillard and Ski Ulrich are really hot. But let's not idolize them. Let's idolize the actors. Let's not idolize the people that they play. Let's just move on. You know, get better idols. Read a good book. Read a good clean book. You know what? Find Jesus. I don't know, man. Just don't murder your best friends. Yeah, let's read To Kill a Mockingbird or something. I don't know, man. So on April 17th, 2007, almost, it, I mean, we're, we're coming up on a year later. It's been a while. Brian was convicted. And then Tori was convicted on June 8th of 2007. On August 21st, They both received life in prison without the possibility of parole and 30 years to life for conspiracy to commit murder. Justin, yeah, let me just read the notes real quick. Just in case they die and become zombies or something, the government can make sure they spend that extra time behind bars. You're welcome for that. There is actually... There is a docu docu series doc docu documentary documentary. There's a documentary. What? Margaritas, babes. I just can't remember the difference between a docu series and documentary. Docu series is a series. It's a documentary. It's a documentary. There's a documentary on the case where they interviewed them, and they are. I want to. I think they're like in. They're like twenty twenty. 125 25 they're older they're in the 20s they're of legal drinking age at the bare minimum i'll put it in the description the document the documentary that you can watch it's interesting it's very interesting i watched it brian definitely feel definitely seems like he feels remorseful brian seems like he really really regrets taking her life and ruining his own 
And um, he seems like he got really caught up in the moment. He was a child. He was... The thing is, is that they were kind of... They were they were kind of like... Like, you know, they were losers at school. They didn't really have any friends. They just had each other. They were kind of like the underdogs. And they thought they were going to be like the Columbine shooters. And like... Be... Go on to be fame... Infamous... Let's be real. The Columbine shooters were also losers. They just had, they had this like hard on for the, for like underdogs. And they were like, yeah, we deserve better. Let's just take our life kind of thing. I had no idea who I was. I had no idea where I fit in among my peers. And I thought that I was a nobody at my high school. And I... I wanted to be known. And so I tried all these different identities and I couldn't, uh, you, know, you know, find an identity that I could uh, not be pushed out of, I guess. So I got into Columbine. They're running out of the Columbine kind of created a subculture for disenfranchised, uh, you know, kids who don't fit in anywhere. I think the first memory I have of her is uh, we were joking around in class and uh, she was smiling and that's uh, the the image I have in my mind now is I, you know, can't get that out of my mind. And, uh, man, it's hard to talk about. I, uh, but, in the beginning, uh, she was just a nice person, and uh, she, you know, uh, sorry. And it's so crazy when you when you watch the interview with Tori, you can really, really tell that he would kill again. My mom still treats me like a mom, and she tells me to brush my teeth as she's leaving the visiting, and. Uh, tells me to go to bed early or whatever, <laughs> just the typical stuff, but I don't know. I think they're just worried about me. This time kid. Tori's a good kid, and Tori is just a kind, kind, kind person, and we're still a family. He's still every bit as much a part of our family as before. I remember the first article I read about my case. Jeez, I mean, they made me sound like this brutal, cold, psychopathic killer. They were talking about Brian. You, they were making you just like they Brian. Made, they made, they put us like as the same person. They lumped them together. I only hung out with him for six weeks before this happened. I think it's crazy how the last week of me being on the street, being free, really has affected the rest of my life. If you were to watch that video and nothing had happened, it would literally be a joke. You can see it in his eyes. You can see it in his smirk. You can just tell he's narcissistic. He doesn't think he did anything wrong. He loved it. He, I, I genuinely can, I feel like he, fan, he plays it over in his head. I think that he knows he did something wrong, but I think that he enjoyed it. Oh, he enjoyed it. Oh, he, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he knows murder was, murder is wrong, but I think he really fucking enjoyed it. Yeah. And the worst part about that interview 
is that his mom and dad are in it and they're still making excuses for him he has brainwashed them into thinking that he was he didn't do it he didn't murder brian and he just he he was he was coerced he was caught caught up in it they i think she uses the word like oh he got caught he got caught up in it it's like girl your son murdered a girl yeah i don't know i mean like I'm, I'm not a parent, so I, I can't really relate. Uh, but I feel like if my son murdered someone or was even suspected of murdering someone, I might be like straight it's, to jail. I want to have empathy for her because that is her son and she's probably broken. She's yeah. probably shattered because he's in prison for life. He, he took a life. He, it, it, I mean, you'd never want to be like, that's my son dang it's embarrassing but like you don't have to make excuses for him you can be like he did a terrible thing and i he could take it up with god you know Mm -hmm. and but she's sitting there just like she i think she's genuinely convinced herself that he is innocent and he didn't do it and he was coerced and he was just there and he couldn't stop brian and you could just see, like I said, you could just see the little smirk in his face. I just want to punch him in his face. I'd be interested to see the coroner report to see, like, how many of those fatal wounds were from each knife. It's too hard to tell. I don't think that were they, they were. Not, were they not different enough? I to don't be able think to tell? that they were able to tell the difference between the blades. blades. I think it was in. I think it was so frenzied mm-hmm. that everything was just kind of messy. So. so science is not as great back then. Yeah, that is the case of Cassie Jo Stoddart and the absolutely heinous, awful, narcissistic little boys that took her life because they thought they were gonna do something, mm-hmm. and they were gross. And I hope they rot in jail forever. Yep. And girls, if you're watching this and you hear some creepy shit in your house at night, just leave. Call the police. And leave. Leave and then call the police. Or get yourself strapped, all right, girl? Get yourself strapped. As I like to say, swing first, ask questions later. I don't say shoot first, ask questions later. I say identify your target, but then if you notice that your creepy friend from school is in your basement, shoot him in the face. I don't use guns. I use bats, but you know. I use guns. I'm too chicken. So I hope you enjoyed this video. Or, I mean, I hope you enjoyed listening to us tell you about this awful case. I don't know if you're going to enjoy the information, but. The next one is going to be a little bit more enjoyable, so please tune into that. Yeah, we're gonna talk. We're gonna we're gonna kind of you know we're gonna sprinkle things in. You know, it's mm-hmm. gonna be it's gonna be like murder, and then it's gonna be a mystery, and then it's gonna be like a weird disappearance, and it's gonna be like encrypted, and you know, just a little hint for next time. It is a murder, but in my humble opinion, it's a justified murder. Oh. I support it. Oh, I support the murder. Ooh, what do you think it is? What kind of murder do you think is justified? Tell us in the comments. What what kind of what kind of murder do you think is justified? And you'd be like, yes, king or queen, yes, yes. Let them off. Let them walk. Tell us in the comments. Mm-hmm. 
And if there are any other really creepy, very unsettling modern cases in the last 10, 15 years, let us know. Maybe we'll cover it. And uh, we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.